Hello, and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a Kamen Rider retrospective through the lens of Decade, sometimes when we watch shows that Decade interacted with. Uh, this time we didn't. We watched Geats, and I'm Garrett, and did things out of order. And I am Chris, and this time we're talking about Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Man, it's fucking awesome, Garrett. Did you see it? No. So cool. No, it's it's on my list of things to watch. Oh man, it's so great. <laughs> okay, do you remember that time I told you that Kill a Kill has the plot of Snow Crash and that Trigger should make a cyberpunk anime? I vaguely remember that, and I probably went, that doesn't make sense for Kill a Kill. I think you're wrong. <laughs> well, I appreciate you indulging me, because I remember saying the first thing, but I think I made up saying the second thing. I don't know if I ever actually said that. Okay. <laughs> Someone can listen back to our older episodes. And I feel like that's a pretty wild take to have, and I would have called you on it. I am extremely 100% dead serious about Kill a Kill having the same plot as Snow Crash. And if I had thought of it, I would have said that 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 uh, Trigger should make a cyberpunk anime. Because I love cyberpunk and anime and Trigger, and I'm extremely happy that they, they made one. It's great. I mean, I guess Promare was kind of... Promare was was a punk flavor. It was like... It was firepunk. I don't know, whatever you want to call that. Yeah, I mean, I guess whatever you call Fire Force. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Promare was way better than Fire Force. I didn't say one was better than the other. I just said... I did. Well, whatever. Fire Force is there to service... Maybe cut that out, Sybil. That is a legit spoiler for Fire Force. Hiroyuki Imaishi kicks ass and is super cool, and I am always excited when he makes a thing. So, yeah. Everybody watch Cyberpunk Edgerunners if you haven't watched it yet. Okay. Um, Adam Smasher blows dicks. He is the worst. He's the worst thing ever. Um, But other than that, it's an amazing show. Okay, that that's not what we watched, though, and I didn't even try to play the game again. Yeah, I saw that, like, since the show launched, the game has gone up, like, 300% in its, like, current players. Uh, so people are enjoying it, which is good. Anyway, we watched... I still don't know if I'm going to try the game or not. I might. Maybe. We watched Geats, though, not whatever oh, you yeah, said. Oh, yeah, common, common Rider Geats, yeah. Yeah, I, it was it's fine. I I didn't dislike it. I'm not trying. I'm just very excited about other things that have happened recently. Kamen Rider Geats, uh, the first episode is pretty cool though. Yeah, it pretty good. Too long didn't read. Pretty good. Pretty good opening episode. Yeah. Uh, the first episode starts with like a mysterious sequence where a guy gets a ride watch, and then apparently not, time skips. Not a ride watch. Okay, whatever. It looks like a ride watch. It doesn't even look like a ride watch. You're thinking it looks like a, a time driver, which it does, but those aren't called ride watches. <laughs> I think it's just called the Geode driver. Now you got me questioning myself, but um, it's not a ride watch. A watch is he gets what... a a rider turn a turned into a common rider thingy. Yeah, a driver, but it's not. <laughs> Like, a ride watch is what you put in the Geo driver, not the driver itself. It's completely different. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. I do say so. Well, I'm pretty sure you are right about that. I yes. am. Anyway, the 
the also, geo the, driver was um the the ziku driver or the space-time driver space-time driver right that's that's what they were sort of called which is different from this which is the desire driver luckily it announces its own name so i don't have to try to remember it we didn't talk about any of the shows between zeo and geats did we um no. or i think you might have recorded an episode about zero one or something yeah i think sybil and i talked about zero one once saber exists and revise just ended yeah i remember when revise started people seemed pretty iffy on that one because of like some shitty things the actors or actor actors i don't know did but i don't know i stopped hearing about that and started hearing people talking about enjoying it so i don't know i don't have any hot revise takes to make right now the incident being referenced is that before the show came out uh, Vice's actor, one of the main characters, was in an incident where he was doing blackface within the past year prior to the show beginning, which didn't seem to disqualify him from getting the role. But I only bring this up because in recent weeks, now that the show's over, there's an unnamed staff member who says that Hana had, was uh, sexually harassed by one of her co-stars during the filming of Revice, and based on what a lot of people have speculated about who in the cast could have been vanished suddenly. The person that people suspect is Hikaru's actor, and there is no confirmation on that, but these are just more black eyes on the overall okay season that was Revice. Joy! So yeah, this is the, what is this, this is the fourth Rewa era era show after the previous three just mentioned zero one saber and revise correct yes um so yeah i actually like i like the next scene a lot uh we cut to a totally different character than the one who was in the first se first scene um a guy in a job interview which is a, a fun way to give us a little insight into his personality uh he basically does the thing like where he's like i want world peace and I don't really have any skills, but just tell me what to do and I'll do anything to help people. Well, I think it's just like for an office job. So I don't know like if skills are necessarily like super required. I don't think that's a down point in this interview. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, they're hiring junior employees, presumably, but you, okay, in any interview, you want to hire what's your, what your transferable skills I mean, I guess. I assumed it was just sort of like, a, maybe even like a public service role, and he listed a bunch of public service things, so I'm like, this sounds fine. Yeah, maybe. But, uh... <laughs> okay, so the guy asks him, so like, okay, uh, so what do you specifically want to do when you join this company? And he's like, I don't know, I'll do whatever you tell me to. And the guy's like, mm, you have to have a goal. Sorry. So he's like, the goal is world peace. So, yeah, he blew that interview. Uh, during the sequence, we were also, like, kind of cutting over to a weird floating cyber platform that's in the middle of a desert. Yeah, with uh, with Junko. It's not her name, <laughs> but look, everybody's like, oh man, the black and white bear, that's so Danganronpa. And I'm like, no, it's specifically this lady. She's the Danganronpa reference. 
Oh yeah, she is kind of wearing like a black and white maidish outfit, sort of, when she first appears. Yeah. So if um if she turns out being the mastermind or whatever, um I I called it. That was me. Uh, but yeah, okay. She's talking to three guys on the platform and is like, uh, "Does she have any dialogue with them at this point?" I think she has a line, right? There's the very beginning, which I think. Uh, when, um, Junko, who's not her real name, it's, um, um, Samuri is her real name, but, um, it's Junko now, um, where Junko <laughs> gives Ace his, devi- uh, desire driver and is like, you are right. now a common Rider. And he's like, oh yeah, 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 I know. Okay, here we go. Yeah. And, uh, she mentions that the, the common Rider battle has been going for six months. Uh, I... I don't know if I'm supposed to immediately know this, but presumably that means the first scene and the second scene were six months apart. Uh, possibly. Um, it it gets even more confusing having watched the later episodes. But yeah, uh, she calls them surviving candidates to become the Desire God, the three of them that are left. So, uh, uh, have you seen Eden of the East, Garrett? Uh, no. Have I heard the name of it uh, multiple times? Yes. Uh... This is the premise of Eden of the East, though they don't have common rider fights in that. Oh, do they but have otherwise? Do they have fights? Uh, I mean, they are a lot of the characters are given a cell phone where that that has a lady on it that you can ask to do anything, and she will make it happen, and a bank account with a lot of money in it that she uses to make those things happen, and they're told, uh, change Japan, and uh, you will get. Every and you will get whatever you want, and uh, then, um, yeah, whoever whoever is the most effective at changing things is the winner of this game when it's all over. Uh, that's the premise of Eden of the East, and like, um, well, basically, a lot of the characters start just trying to murder each other rather than actually compete in the stated game. So yes, there are some fights. Okay, I mean that's like kind of the premise, I guess. Not not quite exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, like the whole King of Desire thing just extremely reminded me of how they uh, phrase that in. Okay, I mean, it, like, in, I guess, I guess you didn't watch. I guess it isn't fully explained in the first episode too. In the second episode, they explain like what the whole thing is and what it's for exactly, which. Uh, Oh, is it for a specific prize, not just whatever you want? Um, well, the specific uh, the specific prize is you get to remake the world in whatever image you want. So you get to write right, down like yeah. a desire to remake the world in whatever image. Yeah, she she explains that in this episode. Okay. But yeah. but like but like the the doing common writer fights part is also done for a reason. Oh, is it the same reason in Fate where you have to store up the energy from killing everybody else or something? Um, maybe we'll have to keep an eye out for that. That's not what they explained. Oh, okay. Is it because there's... Are the, all of the weird monsters like an alien invasion or something? Uh, actually, yes. More or less that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just um, just uh, refer back to the tweet uh, Sybil posted. It'd just be like, it's the plot of Gantz. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, cross Gantz with, uh, with Eden of the East, and you have Kamen Rider Geats. Yeah. Or just do, like, Ryuki again. 
Ryuki was a lot more mystical than this. Like that's true, but I mean, similar sort of idea. Yeah, in terms of like their though, okay, Ryuki basically was weird cuz they kind of established rules and then none of the characters act like the rules matter or that they care about them at all, really. Well, yeah, why why <laughs> since when do rules matter, Chris? Uh, it seems like the structure of the game actually might matter in this show. Uh, possibly. In a way that it just kind of didn't in Ryuki. That's fair. But, uh, let's see. So, okay. Uh, continuing a little bit through the episode... So, our prospective character flunked that interview. He yep. calls his sister and is like, oh, everything sucks, I'm really depressed. She's like, okay, well, I'll take you out for your favorite meal, what do you want? He, he decides to go to this little shop that has a thing he likes called Tanuki Udon. Uh, they sit down to eat some. Someone splashes it in his face at super speed. No, I think it's it's like it's like the... Yeah, that's the barbed wire field that, that comes in. Um, I was trying to explain it in terms of a very specific reference that doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's kind of like when they put the arena down to have a Zoid battle in Zoids. Kinda, kinda, yeah. It's a little bit like that. Like, I know that's like a specifically weird thing to compare it to, but that is what's on my mind. No, yeah, it's like when they, they launch uh, in, well, specifically, I think that was, what, the Chaotic Century series was the first Zoids one that had the the fights before yeah, it became about like wars and stuff. Yeah, I liked it better when it was just like a tournament arc show. Uh, yeah, New, I, I New like Century the... is the one that has the the sports teams. Okay, Chaotic okay, Century is the the war one. Yeah, I liked. I I also. I don't. I don't think. Part of me is like it was probably just because I saw New Century first and I was like not super wanting to do a new thing. But also, partially, that was just different than you were going to get in anime at the time. It's just like, I, you want the G Gundam option when a G Gundam option is provided. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is basic, like, the there's two sides and they're fighting a big war, there are political conflicts. Yeah, yeah like, that's that's Gundam. They're doing a Gundam thing in the, other, in the Chaotic Century series, which is fine. I'm sure it's fine. I just never watched it because I was like... But tournament fights, those were cool. Those were cool. And apparently someone at Toonami agreed, because they had a lot of that same flavor when they paid for the IGPX show. Yeah, like, uh, mecha sports anime is good. Yeah. All, so. like, two of them. Zoids <laughs> and IGPX. And G Gundam. And all three of them. I could probably think of a couple more if we had to. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like Eureka 7 should somehow just be one, but it isn't. No, they serve for plot reasons. That not they do do it for fun, but also it is important in the big alien political intrigue super robot fighting plot that right. is that show. I mean it's been a long time since i've watched it but i do remember it getting pretty wild it, it is megalobox is does that count like punching with robot arms 
Uh, I mean, I'm not a purist, so if you want to, yeah, sure. Like, how how deconstructed are we allowing this to go? <laughs> uh, the other day I called Lay Miz cyberpunk, so hey, you know. I mean, the anime fighting game is. <laughs> I mean, I guess that might be more steampunk, is... though. There is literally a robot in it, a robot version of Valjean. Yeah, but I think he's I think he's powered by steam, so it might be steampunk instead. Uh, I don't know, maybe. But anyway, okay, so so a player unknown battlegrounds like arena thing comes down. It is more like the uh, the the Zoids thing. There's like a big laser grid that comes down. It doesn't like kill you. You just can't walk through it. And it looks like barbed wire when you touch it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just like comes in. It traps the perspective character dude. What is his name? Do you oh, his name? I do actually. It is uh, Kiwa. 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 It, it traps Kiwa in the one side of the uh, ramen shop or noodle shop and his sister on the outside. And uh, then a weird alien thing shows up and starts and stabs the uh, shop owner to death and starts trying to kill Kiwa. I like these sweet alien things. I think... The helmets for these guys are extremely cool looking. Yeah, they're very detailed and unique in a neat way. Uh, they have plain white pants on and these plain red tunics on their upper bodies that I think are supposed to look like... Uh, like palace magistrates that could in like be, classic like, East Asian fiction. It reminded me of kind of like the the Omeo like setups in like Neo and stuff, kind of like that whole aesthetic. Oh yeah, well yeah, those mage got yeah, like the mages. They're yeah. kind of based on like uh, clerics. So yeah, kind of drawn on a similar thing to what I was thinking. And then they yeah. have like the like the Chinese straight sword weapon, and like it's very pretty good. Yeah, they're like uh they're like killing a bunch of people. That's a little unexpected, but Yeah, know. I mean I mean the killing's bad, but like they look pretty sweet. They do look cool, but yes, they're evil. Um Yeah, uh, there's also a lady who is apparently uh has a web show or something where she is rich and tries to run away from home to be a normal girl and like she's a popular influencer and she is also caught up in this. Yes, her name is Neon. That seems like a pretty high concept for us to be introduced to in less than, like, 30 seconds, but okay. I mean, this episode, go fast. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I'm pretty sure the world ends in this episode, and, and there's another world by the next. <laughs> yeah, we're in, like, a parallel universe by the end of episode one, so... No, I mean, hey, you know, Decade did it, Zeo did it. <laughs> So it's not other the first shows time. have done it, but I, I won't say because spoilers. But uh, yeah. So they're hi so so Neon and Kiwa are hiding from the aliens with the swords. Um, a guy in a cool bear helmet with a extremely toy looking crossbow shows up and shoots lasers at the guys so that they do not get stabbed to death. Right. Yeah. So. So one thing that you probably won't notice, Chris, but um, people who have watched uh, other writer shows is there's a ton of repaints. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that crossbow is one of them. Uh, the crossbow looks like a, like a 
50 cent toy that you could get at a like a, a family dollar. <laughs> it, it's um I'm I think it's a repaint of something. I mean, you know, that's the common writer aesthetic, so it's not like I'm not criticizing it really. It's yeah, just, okay, so here it, looks it very is very cheap. It is a repaint from Um the Overquartzer movie. Oh, which we still haven't watched yet. Yeah. So um Uh also the polar bear has one circle eye and then one star eye, like he's a sniper. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, pretty cool. That's good detail. Uh, so that's that's pretty neat. So uh, then a bull with a straight up Warhammer 40k chainsword busts through the wall. So we agree that the chainsword is sick as fuck, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's extremely badass, and it's like the old style too, where it's like a chainsaw sword, not like the newer ones where it's like a a rail with like teeth coming out the front. It's like the classic style ones where it's like a whole thing. It's it's extremely cool. It's sick, and I love it. Like this is. This is, like, one of the ones that is not repainted, obviously. Uh, that is actually pretty brutal looking for a common Rider weapon. It's, I, I love it so much. Like, it's old school 40k, and then it's got, like, you don't really see it on it, but, um, it has this grip on it with, like, um, finger grooves, and you kind of, like, pull it up to, like, do its special charge move. Yeah, the poison charge. Yeah, this guy's design is actually pretty fucking awesome. Because, yeah, he's got a regular glove that holds the chainsword. His other hand has, like, these orange claws coming out of it. Uh, and his colors are, like, purple, orange, and silver. Yeah, it's uh, sick. It's uh, it's actually, so, the, the, like, device for it, it's um the zombie device. It's an extremely strong design. Uh, I don't know if he's supposed to be minotaur themed or just regular bull themed. If they're gonna do like a so, maze thing with this guy, but so here's he's real cool. So, I love his design. So here's the thing. I'll, I'll explain to you. So the helmets don't change. That uh-huh. so like this this so if you could picture like this bull guy with like for example Geats's Magnum and like it would still be the bull head, but he'd have like the white armor. So, like, everything is oh, extremely okay. interchangeable. And, like, so they all have the base... They all have the same base form. And then just the things that are put into it... Um, buckles is what they're called. Um, the buckles that are put into it, it will then, like... It then puts the armor over the base suit. And that armor is the same for whoever uses it. Okay, okay. We do see... We do see Geats do that later in this episode. But I did not realize that wasn't just a him power. Yeah, so that's just that's just the buckle. Cool. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's like they're they're like uh yeah, like weapons in a a big battle arena game. Like just anyone can pick them up. You get what you pick up. Yes. Yes, pretty much exactly like that. Ah, man, that is real different from uh their from other common writer stuff. That's uh pretty cool. Yeah, it's real interesting. Like they're I, I don't know if I just want to say stuff that happens in the next episodes or if I need to hold back. I, I mean, you you can. It's it's fine. So I, I don't know if we're going to do the whole yeah, show like we did with Zeo. That's fair. So I think one of the real interesting things is, like, um, we uh, Gates has not used Magnum since episode one. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to... I Here I was all like, Garrett, you finally got a main character common writer who isn't a sword guy. Uh, welp. 
He's a sword guy in episode two. Uh, no, episode two. Episode two special. He, oh, okay. he's he's a he's a very special type of guy in that episode. Uh, is he an Obazio in in episode two? No, it's like it's one of like the worst repaints that they go with. It's one of the goofiest. It's um, it's the water buckle, and it, I forget what exactly it's a repaint of. I'm gonna look it up, but it, it sucks. And like anybody who gets it, just like flips it around and hits hits people with it with like a club. <laughs> oh okay. Oh, so like a, a useless weapon. Oh, yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, what is this? It is. Oh, it's from the Fire Hedgehog uh, build form. <laughs> so while that fight is happening in the sh- like uh around all the characters you've been introduced to, uh, the guy who was introduced as the dude in the first scene who is. Common Rider Gates, as will be revealed, is sitting in some sort of lounge having what some drink served to him? What tea or something? Yeah, yeah. His name is Ace. Yeah, his name is Ace, which is pretty cool, admittedly. <laughs> he has like a Roman coin that he flips around. Yeah. yeah, he's holding a coin with Caesar's head on it, which uh is either incredibly valuable or fake. One of the two. Right. Uh, and he decides that he should actually start playing the game now. So he walks out of the cafe and is just back on the, the platform, the floaty platform. Uh, he summons a motorcycle, drives off the platform, and like goes through a digital field and is now driving down a road in the real world, presumably. Correct. All you have said is correct. Okay. <laughs> uh... Yeah, the, like, a lot of stuff happens in the first episode. I didn't find it, like, particularly hard to follow or anything. Which, uh, yeah. Like, I I, I, um, I like when they make the make it clear what's going on in the first episode to establish the stakes. Yeah, so. it, it's... it's ve- like, there's clearly a lot right. of weird shit going on, and it's kind of... It, it's, it's clear what is intentionally weird, and, like... But there are some weird things that happen that they do a visual job of communicating to you what is going on. Right. That they want you to visually understand what is happening. So I think they do a good job separating those. Yeah. Two so like, so like, episode. so like, the show starts like in media res, but it's done in a way where it's not confusing going through it, trying to piece everything together. Right. Only the things that seem like they're supposed to be mysterious are mysterious so far. Right. Uh, yeah, they, I guess they also do kind of seem to be assuming that you're coming in with some knowledge about how these sorts of games work. And like, you know, like we said, there have been about 20 years worth of death game media at this point. So yeah, I, <laughs> presumably, uh, the audience, they, they could probably assume the audience has some buy-in on this concept already without having to explain every little thing. Yeah, I feel, I feel like Battle Royale type things have kind of entered the public lexicon now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they they don't need to explain every little detail. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, uh the this the polar bear guy takes the regular human characters up on a roof, detransforms, and is like, uh, okay, I'm a firefighter, I like helping people. Um he's about to be murked in like a minute. <laughs> yeah. That he is. 
We 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 uh, get a pretty high murder count. Yeah. Um is he dead dead or is he like in the next episode? No, he's dead. Wow, that's that's hardcore. If you die in the um, game, you die in real life, Chris. Yeah, fair enough. Uh is that uh, that does make me wonder if this is like a digital world like oh, um maybe bleep this Sybil. Like uh like um fucking but anyway, anyway. So, uh, yeah, the, the guy who is the bull is like, oh, you're acting altruistic for a for saving people, but really you get points for that. And he's, like, been watching a scoreboard the whole time. He's in the lead. Polar bear guy is in second. And they're like, oh, shit, Gates is gonna, like, try for a comeback from behind victory. He hasn't showed up yet. Yeah, they got the very, like, toyetic phone. Yes. It extremely... Is a little toy scoreboard. Yeah. Um, so then what? Is this the point where, like, the giant whale castle shows up and whips polar bear guy into a wall and he dies? Yes, that is exactly what happens next. Uh, yeah, there's a giant flying... <laughs> there's a huge cartoon whale with a pagoda on it. It's actually really similar to the, uh... It reminds me so much of the Dragon Castle from Kuga. I assumed we were supposed to think of that. Oh, that's also... No, you mean Kiva. The Dragon Castle Kiva. was in Kiva. I, I meant... Yeah, I meant Kiva. Um, but it reminded me of that one boss fight in, in Neo 1 where you fight the snake that has a castle on top of it. Oh, I didn't get to that point. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's that's just a boss fight in Neo. I believe you. <laughs> a pretty cool... Uh, so, yeah, uh, polar bear dude dies, uh, lady gets, um, knocked off the building and, like, half, like, a big portion of the roof gets broken and she, like, falls off the building. Uh, the ace jumps in on his motorcycle just in time to leap, like, three floors off the ground and catch her. Well, so he, like, leaps off the ground with the motorcycle and then, like, rides the motorcycle along, along the wall because that's a thing motorcycles yes. do. Yes. And then, like, uh, catches her. And this is after, like, Kawa, like, barely misses catching Neon from the start of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, like, grabs her hand but doesn't have enough grip to keep her from falling. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he sets her on the ground and is like, oh, how you doing? Uh, but then Kaywood walks up and he's like, oh man, you've got a boyfriend already. Uh. And then they do like the, yeah. we're not a couple. and they're, We're and, not together. Thing. And then Ace is like, oh, so, so there's a chance is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, then Kaywood gives a big speech about how he's super depressed because... Um, well, so yeah, Ace the world is like is all weird now. Ace is like, well, you can do anything, you know, if you put your, you know, heart mind to it or whatever. You can change <laughs> yeah, yeah. the world if you He's just like, try. Anything can change if you try. And Kiwa, after bombing that interview and now being involved in a death game, like an hour later, is like, uh, no, life sucks. Not in the mood for that optimism shit. And then there's a bunch more monsters, and then Ace is like, well, gotta go kill some dudes. So, uh, what, I was extremely thinking that, I don't know if it is an intentional reference, but at this point, Ace starts reminding me a lot of 
Dante from the uh, opening to Devil May Cry 3. Basically through the end of the episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's extremely, like, trying to look cool and flashy. He's got a lot of extremely goofy... Like, he, he has a... He literally does Dante's, like double guns stretch your arms across your body and shoot two things and then like twist your arms around so that you keep shooting the things while you spin around thing well he was surrounded he had to that's how you effectively bullet i'm i mean yeah but like that is extremely dante's signature move that's how you gun <laughs> uh, oh okay you do you do know what I'm talking about though, right? I think I've seen that like once in my life, so I have vague recollection. It is an extremely awesome sequence that you should check out if you have not. DMC three is just a great game in general. Don't you need like the fixed version though, where like it's where like the default difficulty in the US is like Japan hard mode? Is it? Uh I started playing it on the uh I started playing like the PS the the P- the collection that you can download on PSN. I think on the, the collection PS4. fixes it. I think the original release. And like I beat the first couple bosses in like I I think the second or no the third boss took me like two tries. But other than that, I haven't had that hard of a time. No, I think I think it was just the initial release. But like like our normal mode was japan hard mode and then like our hard i do mode remember was... getting it on the ps2 back in the day and having an extremely hard time with it at first yeah so like like the first like room would just wipe people mm, yeah i could, yeah, the, i could be mis- the reaper demon that you fight in like the second room could pretty easily kill you in the in the original release i remember so yeah i, I don't remember i think there's a thing with that, but I could be wrong. Uh, well, either way, it is a good game. Strong recommend. It is a classic for a reason, if you have not played it at this point. Uh, but yeah, he does a bunch of cool gun moves. Uh, fights a bunch of the little, like, magistrate alien dudes. Uh, yeah. Beats them. They suck. Uh, turns his gun into a rifle at one point, but the fortress has too much armor. That's not gonna work. So he starts swapping out his equipment loadout at this point? Oh, yeah. So yeah, he, he, he does gun stuff, which is pretty sweet. Right. Uh, yeah, he apparently... Uh, I, I do kind of love the... Uh, when when someone equips something in their common Rider form in this, they, like, they put the booster thing onto their, their belt, the mm-hmm. buckle. Yeah. You said it was a buckle. They attach the buckle to the base of their belt... And they, like, do a unique action yep. involved with that specific thing to activate it. But the graphic for it is there's, like, a big robot hand that, like, slides in from behind them, grabs the thing from past them, and then pulls it onto their body in an extremely video game-looking way. Yeah, it's really cool. It, it reminds me a lot of, um, you've seen the the build transformation, right? Where it's got, like, the runners... The runners, yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me, it, it gives me a lot of ad energy. Yeah, I kind of like that, but more directly video gamey instead of like a physical crafty thing. Yeah, it's, I guess it's, yeah, it's kind of like a build mixed with X8 is probably a good way to do it. 
but yeah, so he he gets a motorcycle to go along with his revolver power. Well, no, so and... uh, at first he pulls off the magnum and puts on the boost, so it's still just the one right now. Right, yeah, but then he attaches the magnum to his legs, and then it, like, flips around well, or we'll, something? We'll get to that, so, <laughs> because what happens is, so there's the magnum bit, cool gun stuff, we switch to boost, and then he goes in and, like, blows up the castle... Yeah. And then well, he does the flip around thing before he blows up the castle. No, no. Uh he totally does. Blowing up the castle from the inside the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. The castle is yeah. blown up multiple times. He he blows it <laughs> He does blow it up twice, yes. Yeah, so there yeah, there's so there's the gun bit, the boost bit, he goes through the castle, and then he comes out. He's like castles have been destroyed from the inside for centuries and like Yes, that is probably true, yeah. Yeah, so then he puts Magnum into the other side, which then equips Magnum to the foot, and because that, you know, doesn't seem super effective, it, it like, the belt can do basically the, the Geo gimmick, where, like, you can rotate it. Yeah, it can spin wholly, like, totally around. And then what it does is it, it flips the two things around on the person, but it does it in, like, the final form decade style. <laughs> Uh, it re- extremely reminds me of, yeah, like, when Decade would do, does his, like, use the ultimate ability on Kuga and the guy has a weird body horror thing Yeah, it, it, it does, like, the body horror version of it. Like, it re- it turns you 45 degrees, and then your legs turn into your arms, your arms turn into your legs, and your head gets sucked through your ass to appear on top of your head again. Yeah. So... Yeah. And then it plays... Now imagine that, but it does look pretty cool. It does look pretty cool. <laughs> and then and then they play the GoldenEye sting after it. Oh, I did notice that. I've never played GoldenEye. They even like the movie, though. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, too. It, it's pretty much exactly the, you know, the ba-na-ba-na. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do know who you're talking about, yeah. Okay. I just uh, did not place it immediately so yeah he does a rider he he like does that jumps into the air uh his his motorcycle turns into a, a fox right. and helps him do a huge rider kick where he just blows right up through the whale in the castle and then like slams into the ground right in front of the camera where he's like crouching down facing on top of the camera uh which is a, and the the whale blows up behind him in an extremely cool shot yeah yeah, there's a lot of, like, I feel like it's just, like, a lot of, like, drone and, like, uh, interesting dolly work. Yeah, uh, when does he do say the bit where, like, this is for the highlight reel? Oh, that's, like, his catchphrase at the beginning, I think. But, uh, yeah, he he's, like, uh, he's, like, an esports dude. He's, he has, a uh, he's, like, doing Overwatch play of the match stuff. Where, you know, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, when he transforms, he's, like, yeah, it, it's time for the highlight. Uh, so yeah, he blows up the castle, mission's clear, he wins the game. The only guy left alive other than him is Bull Dude. Yep. And, uh, apparently he's SOL, cause, uh, I, I don't know if he, he doesn't get anything for, there's no participation prize. You, you get to live. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, everyone else presumably died. Uh, also Geats's uh, motorcycle buckle just flies off. While yeah, screaming? they kind of explain that in the next episode, too. Okay. Then Kiwa, or Kita, was his name Kita? Kiwa. 
Kiwa. Kiwa wakes up as if everything had been a dream. Yep. Uh, he goes back to the cafe. The owner of the cafe is definitely not dead. Uh, he doesn't. Yep. None of that. None of that shit happened. I mean, he's also having trouble remembering as well. Yeah, he he's forgetting what happened. But uh, then the lady that Garrett is calling Junko uh, sets a box with a common writer changer in front of him. Yep. And then we see her giving them to lots of people. Yeah, lots of people definitely get them. Yeah, there was including several women. So like, hey, more than one female writer. Finally, there was definitely at least like twenty six belts given out. <laughs> uh, like half a year's worth. Like, when? Mm-hmm. Okay. About that number. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did say it was six months later, so someone's gonna die every week. Mm. No? Yeah. I'm wrong? By the end of episode two, we're down to, like, six. Oh, shit. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, lots of people have have uh, drivers and stuff. Uh, we the last shot of the episode is Ace standing, looking out at the city, and doesn't he say like it's my world now or something? He does, yeah. Uh, he says, "Welcome to my world." Flips his Caesar coin, and uh, as someone who's just watched the first episode, you understand. Apparently, he won the game to become the Desire King. The world is now his in some way, been remade in his image in some way. Oh, we did also see, like, the whale blew up a lot of the city and, like, all that shit floated back into place, too. Yeah. I think I, I skipped over that. There's also a bit where, like, when Gate Geats wins, too, it shows, like, this other mysterious guy in a mask. Oh, yeah, like some other arbiter of the game or something. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Geats wins, becomes... The king, Desire King, and the game immediately starts again, apparently. Like. Yeah, which, like, that that's interesting. Yeah, uh, interesting. I would assume, based on how he acts, that, that Geats' wish was just to play the game more, but Garrett said that that is not the case. No, that, that did not seem to be the case from what was revealed. Okay. Uh, also, at the end, we get a rule stinger, where it, it's like explaining one rule of the game at the end of each episode, I guess. Like, we're in Death Note or something. Kind of, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Once the driver... The, the rule for the first episode is once the driver and ID core is delivered, that's your one-way ticket to being a common writer. There is no going back. Yep. Which, that sucks. Yeah, I guess if a, a lot of them are gonna die... Yeah, no, it, 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 a, it a good first episode. I liked it. Yeah, it established an interesting setting. Uh, it's it's a lot more related to our world than something like like Gaim or, you know, there have been a lot of common writer shows that just start where we're clearly in some sort of weird bizarro universe that doesn't follow any of the rules of ours. I miss the cool dance battle world. <laughs> Presumably this is our world just with some extra secret stuff added on top of it that most people don't know about, so. That's pretty fair. The conflict is established, stakes are established, know a couple characters, know sort of what's going on, kinda, and we're ready to uh, get off to the races with episode two, so. I actually did think this was a pretty cool first episode. A, the action was actually really great for uh, for uh, first episode of a Kamen Rider show. 
Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I've been keeping up with it since. So I've got, so at the time of recording this, there's only the three episodes out, but I'm caught up on all three. Which for me, I feel like is a lot who doesn't watch anything ever. Yeah, yeah, you don't watch things when they come out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I've been keeping up with that. It's gotta be good, guys. I don't know if that's the case. It is It is keeping me engaged to where I want to continue to watch it, though. Uh, you know the uh the weird little like monolith things that float around the desert hovering digital platform remind me a lot of the Sele monoliths from Ava. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean everyone knows that reference, so presumably it's at least slightly intentional. I thought you were gonna say like the Xenogears slabs. Oh the Zohar. Yeah, that sounds right. I haven't played enough Xenogear Saga Blade to uh, really <laughs> opine on that. That's fair. But, yeah. Uh, so, Cyberpunk Edgerunners is really good, Gary. You should totally go watch it. It's uh, awesome. I'll I really like it. Add it to the list. <laughs> uh, and Comrader Gates is pretty cool, too. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch that with the girlfriend. Yeah. It is slightly straighter and hornier than the last thing that Imaishi did, so as long as she's cool with that. I mean, as long as it's not as bad as Food Wars, it's probably okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I've just I've discovered like that's like the bar. <laughs> I even got Rachel to sit through Food Wars as long as it was the dub. Oh, see, that wouldn't help me in any way. We like talking about the food dishes and which ones probably would be the best. All Sound the most appealing to us. All of them. I mean, you know, some of them don't really sound like they would really be my style, but yeah, they do usually sound pretty good. That's fair. Um, anyway, we're a podcast on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com um, until I possibly find a shorter URL. To, you know, optimize that SEO. Yeah. Look. J T T B C. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that doesn't really, like, roll off the tongue, though. Yeah. The, close, the closest yeah, we, we, one I'm to buying is decacast.pink. No, that's fun. Though pink doesn't really relate to what we do in any way. But... But there's the the bit from the Geo Extra episode where it's magenta, not pink. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's that's true. the joke. Yeah. It's the joke decade, URL. Decade is pink. Decade is pink. That's true. I I, I look at it every so now, now eh, every so often, because I'm like, you know what I want to do? Work on this show more. We should do that more. Yeah. Uh, Hot take. Yeah. 2022. I I like recording this show. The reason that the show does not come out regularly lately is not because I do not enjoy recording it. Uh, it's been because of sickness and the world sucking and depression and other things. And also sometimes just our schedule's not lining up properly. I want to talk about how Garen sucks. Garen sucks so much, man. It's so just... good. I he's love still got how the much brain explodes from being afraid. He's like, "Oh, I'm so afraid." Brain explodes, uh, and then like you didn't even watch. Uh, that means you haven't watched nine and ten yet. Where he no, sucks, but differently. 
<laughs> is he like, I'm going to be brave, and then he's terrible at it? No, that's like mostly seven. That's like mostly eight and nine. I did think it was really funny how the guys are like, oh, he, he's got a good fusion reaction. Oh, he's fighting. It's bad now. And like, his starting number <laughs> wasn't even as good as anybody else's. <laughs> he's just he's just terrible. He's so bad, and I love that the show makes him so bad. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, we haven't really had a writer who just sucks in a while. <laughs> I mean, I guess since, uh, oh, since, what, Ixa? Ixa just sucked. Well, that was that was for a different reason. Yeah, like yeah, like Ixa I guess sucked. diegetically, he didn't suck in universe. He just sucked as a viewer. Yeah, Ixa just sucked as like a person because he was like a bad misogynist person. Yeah, he's just a dickhole. Now Garen sucks. Is just like <laughs> he's just so incompetent at himself. Yeah. Garen just in universe is bad at common writing. He has a gun and keeps running in to punch dudes. He does. <laughs> it's so good. And he's bad at punching dudes. I mean, he's not the greatest at shooting either. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of bad at shooting dudes too. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Blades of yeah, fun we'll, time. Blades of delight we'll, we'll so record, far. Uh, We'll record some more blades soon, um, but yeah, we should uh, call it here for the night. Yeah, yeah. Until next time, just been a passing through podcast. Remember that I think we forgot to say where Evan was. Oh yeah, didn't he had mic problems? Otherwise, we would have just recorded for blades. Yeah, but, but, but like, what's like, what's like the lore reason oh, he's not here? Uh, he got sucked into a death game. Hopefully, he'll still be alive next week. Oh man, I hope he wins. Yeah, hopefully the prize is cooler than, like, friendship or some bullshit like that. Ah, well, you know it's an important theme. It is an important theme, but its monetary value is very low. I mean, yeah, that's true. Emotional value, though. (sighs) Emotional value doesn't put money on the table, doesn't put food on the table, yeah. I mean, it doesn't do either, to be fair. I'm getting sleepy. I need to go to sleep. All right, that's fair. Uh, We're going to end this podcast so Chris can go to sleep. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and have a nice week. Bye.